Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the evening. My name is Anthony. You can call me the Dude. That's just fine with me. And, you know, there's many reasons why you call me Dude. The biggest reason is uh, you might not remember my name. And Dude is way easier to remember since it is uh, used for damn near everything. I mean, you sit back and you say, you're excited about something? Dude. You're sad about something? Dude. Or you hate something, dude. So there you go. Uh, t- uh, today's episode, I feature a uh, special guest by the name of Danielle Motley. She is a comedian, actress, and uh, at one time was a server and has a lot of great things to say about her uh, experience in the service industry on TikTok and other social medias. Uh, I managed to get her on the show. We sit and have an awesome talk. But before we get to that... Let's talk about today's drink special. It is nearly the 4th of July. Uh, When I post this, uh, it'll probably be the 4th of July. But uh, you know what? I sat back and I thought about it. It's the 4th of July. We got to come up with a 4th of July type of drink. And here's what I came up for you. Now, I'm going to... It's got a cool name, but unfortunately, people, uh, it is a blended drink. I am so sorry. Now, this one's going to take a little bit of preparation time, especially, and sometimes time is what we don't have inside the bar. But if you happen to be at home having a barbecue, this might be a little bit of fun for at least a couple people that you like. This is called the Red, White, and Boozy Margarita. This comes off of delish.com. These are the perfect margaritas for the 4th of July or to sip on all summer. Be sure to uh, your mixtures are nice and slushy. The thicker the mixture, the easier to layer. Okay. What you're going to need for the red layer, you need three cups of ice, two ounces of silver tequila, one ounce triple sec, two ounces of grenadine. For the blue layer, three cups of ice, two ounces of silver tequila, one ounce triple sec, two ounces blue carousel. For the white layer, three cups of ice, two ounces of silver tequila, one ounce of triple sec, and two ounces of lime juice. Now, that... Sounds pretty potent to me already. Uh, The directions go as follows. Make the red layer first. Blend all ingredients and divide evenly into two glasses. Repeat with the blue and white layer and serve immediately. So I'll post a picture uh, on Instagram of what the... uh, what the drink's supposed to look like. It's served in your typical margarita glass, and but you can serve it however you want. It's your bar. So, anyway... Let's get to the interview with Danielle Motley. So, and as usual, Laura Hope in the Arctones, would you please help me get started? Hey, bartender, pass me a drink. A reason that I'm here is I need time to think. All the way to the world. I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah. So when I 
like 10 minutes before, I was like, mm, I haven't gotten that link. What if when I deactivate, all my messages disappear? And he didn't see my message before I deleted it. No, I... I deleted my account and ghosted him. <laughs> <Blocked> <laughs> him. That's terrible. No, it's all uh, it's all good. I completely understood. Uh, you needed to take a break from social media a little bit. Everybody needs to do that. If they don't, they should. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm glad we're able to stay in touch. And yeah, I procrastinated a little bit this morning. I uh, it's the weekend, so. <laughs> no, it's okay. I figured. I mean, I didn't expect it early, but then I was like. Oh no! I hope he doesn't think I'm canceling on him because I did my hair for this video. <laughs> well, this uh, this isn't a video. This is uh, going to be an audio uh, for, podcast. I mean, for our video uh, conversation. Well, I uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, even though I'm the only one that gets to enjoy it. Sorry. So. <laughs> No, it's fine. I just usually don't do anything because I just work from home all day. So when I'm on a video, I try to make a point to look nice if the camera's on <laughs> well yeah, this i'm sorry this is the best you get with me so <laughs> oh it's fine i like your, your your banner in the back yeah i just got that uh just recently and uh there was a really good deal online for a custom uh flag and i was like i've got to have one so <laughs> yeah it people see it every once in a while on my t- uh, my tiktoks or videos or something like that but anyway so welcome to hey bartender podcast uh you know, I've uh, been watching, following you on social media for a little a while. I've been watching some of your videos, and I th- thought, this woman is perfect. I've got to get her on the show because your stories, uh, even though you probably changed a few facts here and there just for uh, the sake of whatever, um, yeah. uh, your stories are completely awesome. But um, why don't you tell us, uh, uh, Tell well, we're already recording right now in case you didn't know. Uh, well, you probably didn't know, but uh, why don't you tell everybody about yourself a little bit? Sure. So um, my name's Danielle Motley. I live in Los Angeles. Uh, I have a TikTok called Cringeworthy Comedy, um, and I recently started doing improv comedy TikToks based on when I was a server in high school and in my early 20s, not in my early 20s anymore, <laughs> and just based on other experiences I've heard from friends who are still servers or were servers, um, because that's the hustle of people, you know, the arts for the most part, and I moved here at Los Angeles to be an actor um, and studied comedy and improv, and uh, yeah, that's just kind of me in a nutshell. So I started, I started a TikTok during the pandemic. It wasn't really doing much until I... Uh, had the idea to do this comedy series with this waitress called <laughs> Tammy from Applebee's. I struck a chord, which I thought it might, and I wanted to pay homage to servers, and just, I haven't served in years, and I still have nightmares that I didn't restock the condiments, or I remember some really <laughs> bad instances where management or customers really screwed me over, and I still get mad about it like it was today. Mm. So it's been a really... A therapeutic outlet for that and just creatively in general as we've been stuck inside yeah i think everybody and their brother actually started a tiktok account when the pandemic started and <laughs> yeah. everybody's trying their hardest to become uh uh influencers or uh tiktok famous or whatever but uh, <laughs> uh it's actually truth being told it's been a great advertising outlet f- uh for this podcast so and I've been able to contact people like you who have been in the service industry and uh, uh, invite people like you onto the show to, you know, just sit and BS for a little while to talk about uh, what, what 
what we went through as servers because there's a lot of people that have this misconception since it's called Hey Bartender Podcast, they think it's about drinking, getting drunk, or and stuff like that. But no, this is actually about the service industry and kind of goes along with what you do with your uh, with your TikToks. Yeah, they um they're interesting. You know, I started doing them and. The, I think the first one that took off was one I did about race, which I knew was going to probably be a bit controversial. And people were like, oh, this is fake. And I was like, well, yes, technically it's fake because it's a comedy TikTok, so it's embellished <laughs> um, and humor, and it's changed uh, a little bit. But I like to take those kind of hot-button issues and, you know, use them because the best way to explore hot-button issues is through comedy, that way and it starts a conversation and people are like oh that's that never happens people don't ask for a server based on what they look like <laughs> yes they do and they do it here in los angeles oh yeah it happens at a restaurant where my friend works he's the one who told me that story mm. and he's a white dude so he they ask for him instead of someone you know with brown skin or specifically during covid while they were working it would be you know they didn't want the asian servers which is insane yeah. because the restaurant is an Asian fusion restaurant, so you would think there would be some sort of Asian presence there. Why would you racist, but also just don't be racist? Right. Um, so it, it just, it baffles me. Um, that one was a big one, and then I did one about tipping, or I did a follow-up to the one that blew up, which was my over-customizations one, where uh, just using that Applebee's menu, I looked at it, and my friend was like, you should do one about how people will order something and they'll change so many things. It's not even the dish they ordered anymore. And I was like, Oh yes, I remember these people. Cause that's how it was when I worked at a, a chain Italian restaurant in my twenties, which will not be named. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and that blew up. So then I did a follow-up to that one because people kept saying, now do it where she freaks out over the bill with all the charges. <laughs> and so I did one about the bill and the end joke on that was because the whole theme is if servers could be honest, which is blatantly written as the caption on the video. So it was like, nope, here's your bill because I tried to help you and you bit my head off. So um, pay whenever you're ready and don't forget the 18 to 22% tip, <laughs> which was the joke because it's a high maintenance customer. So you obviously want high maintenance people to tip well. And my God, it was such a hot button issue. You would think I was talking about abortion. Like people were... <laughs> their yes. mind in the comments saying oh i wouldn't tip you you're so rude 18 to 22 percent that's crazy like like i was a real server at their table trying to get 18 to 22 percent out of their <laughs> wallet it was insane and finally some servers started getting on there and they're like nah brah that's like fine and it's a joke nobody it was just really funny and it's still been spiraling i had to mute those comments because i just couldn't stand <laughs> reading them anymore and learning how many people are just such cheapskates and so inconsiderate that they think they can go spend all this money on food, but then tip their server 10% or don't believe in tipping right. in the United States, which is insane to me because it's literally part of the law and the Department of Labor bases minimum wages based on that law. So, right. Right. you know, it, it, and it sucks that it's not required, in my opinion. It should just be, you know, automatic gratuity, 15% or more on every bill. Until tipping isn't a thing at all. Well, uh, I probably would be, uh, believe something like that. But back when I was in high school, my we were my music department w went on tour, 
And all my friends at the end of the night, we decided we wanted to go down to the hotel restaurant, get a snack just because we could. And we all got Sundays because, you know, we were kids. And uh, the server was this older gentleman. Well, I, older, I say gentleman very loosely. Um, he was a complete schmuck to us. I think he just didn't like the idea of serving kids. And yeah. uh, I just couldn't get over how poorly he was treating us. And when I looked at the bill, there was an automatic gratuity on it. And I was just like, but you were a jerk. <laughs> and I uh, thought to myself, well, I was going to tip more, but since it's already on there. <laughs> and yeah, which is a lot of mindset of people. My sister's boyfriend who owns a bar did that the other day. And he, he we were at dinner and he goes, honey, please don't call women, honey, sweetie. <laughs> don't call them pet names. Don't call your servers pet names. Um, <laughs> and he was like, what's this uh, automatic gratuity on here? Why'd you add this on? Like she created the bill. And I'm like, Stephen, you own a bar. You know this. And my sister's like, oh, Danielle warned me they've added, because they didn't used to have automatic gratuity, but they added it because of the pandemic. And she was like, oh, they added it. But honestly, it's great because so many people will come in here and eat. And it was like an expensive hibachi restaurant Mm -hmm. and they won't tip us at all. And, you know, they do all this work carrying out all these uh, courses. Of course. And then they have to tip out the chef and the bartender and the busser. So she was really grateful. And he said, "Mm, well, you know. I, I, oh, I see there's a space to add more now. I was going to say, because I was going to tip you 20%. You just shorted yourself. Steven, she didn't make the risk. Oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah. And the fact that he owns a bar, you should know better. Yeah, uh, I think about that uh, after you just said that. That was back when I was like 16, 17 years old before I worked in the service industry. So I... Yeah, there there were probably many things. Maybe the guy was having a bad day. Maybe he's had bad yeah. experiences or with kids. Maybe he was just an asshole. Like I mean, yeah. in every industry, there will be assholes and people who are just dicks for no reason. Especially older, crappy. Like he's probably over it and been doing it for years. And it's a stereotype. I never had kids tip well. They always ordered water, and they came in big groups, and they didn't know how to tip. And their parents hadn't taught them. I actually do plan on doing a video on that. <laughs> Um, eventually. So, but yes, the goal is you should still be nice unless there's a reason not to be. And we shouldn't be stereotyping any, any group of people (laughs) as much as we have been conditioned to. Right. So, uh, let's, uh, start back. Uh, when did you, when did you start working in the service industry? Um, so my first serving job was in high school, my senior year. They opened, I lived in a small town called Mount Airy, North Carolina for four years when I went to high school. I held up five fingers <laughs> <laughs> for four years. <laughs> and um, my senior year, they they passed a liquor law. So you're from the South. You probably get it. Some counties are dry counties, and they don't let you have hard liquor. Right. Um, and uh, so they passed a liquor law where you could have hard liquor in restaurants. So Ruby Tuesday moved a restaurant into Mount Airy and it was the new hot commodity and it was the first one that was going to have hard liquor. So I went to apply for a job there because that was the fanciest thing we had in that town, right? (laughs) Other than this one really nice restaurant that no one could really eat at. uh, That was it. So I was so excited and I went and applied and I was too young to be a server. So I was a to-go girl. And then sometimes I doubled as a hostess. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I still had to run food and do the job of a server. I just didn't get to have my own tables. Um, so I did that job during, yeah, during my senior year. 
Well, it's a great start, uh, especially when you're uh, you need money to uh, proceed on to college or whatever. And uh, a lot of people don't realize that that working in uh, working the service industry is a great place to start to make money. Uh, yeah, it while was. you can. And I, like, yeah, and it just it always seemed like it'd be fun, right, to be a server and you see it on TV. And it oh, looks yeah, fun. looks fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was. It was fun sometimes, but I can't say it, I have fond experiences for the most part, and I would definitely never want to do it again based on – I've never had a job between the, you know, two or three serving jobs I had, and let's also include the old folks' home – I shouldn't say old folks' home, the assisted living facility ah, where yes. I served, <laughs> which was just where they got an option between three items and you bring it to their table and there's no tips. And the time I was a coffee barista for short lived at Fort city Java, but uh, I've never done so many jobs where I worked the most and was paid the least and treated the worst, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just, I couldn't go back to doing that. By the time I was in my mid twenties, I was like, ow, I had to find something more sustainable for those non-believers in tipping and more, um, you know, that just felt less demeaning. Right. Well, we all, uh, we all went through that. I mean, uh, my bartending, uh, bartending serving career, we, uh, we pretty, pretty much the same thing. Uh, all my friends, I was in my mid twenties, mid to late twenties. And I just ended up losing, uh, one of my jobs and all my friends who were still bartenders and servers, they all encouraged me pretty much to uh, get a real job. And I'm like, what's a real job? Everybody says, uh, get a real job. You know, it, this yeah. job pays money. But uh, they said, no, get something with uh, health insurance, something that you can progress in. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, Cause when I'm in my twenties, I, I'm pretty much thought I was invincible. But uh, you know, after my dad uh, flicked me in the back of the head with his finger, he, he's just like, <laughs> get a damn job with health insurance. And so that's, that's pretty much not where I cut off my whole serving experience. Cause I worked two jobs for a little while just for the extra cash. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the working in the service industry, you do have to go through so much of, uh, dealing with the customers and different personalities and yeah, um, it's not even just the customers, you know, like the managers, we had, ter- I had terrible experiences with managers. There were a couple of good ones, but for the most part, they were horrible. Like when I was a teenager, I was 17 and there was this one guy named Joe and he was so mean to me. He just did not like me. And one day I came in, here's a sexual harassment story. I came in with my hair in pigtails because I'm in high school and that's cute. And I probably wore my hair in pigtails in my twenties. It's work too, but <laughs> you know, and I had them braided and he grabbed them from behind and pretended, you know, he was doing like that sex position where you're riding a girl from behind. Okay. Yeah. That's wrong. <laughs> 17 years old. I was 17. Yeah. I think he, I heard he eventually got fired for doing Coke in the bathroom. I hope that story is true. <laughs> See, um, now it sounds like from the job lists that you, uh, you've told me about so far, you mostly worked corporate. Yes. So, uh, I've only really worked corporate because the managers that I worked with, uh, I only worked, well, actually, uh, I, yeah, it, well, when I worked for a hotel as a banquet bartender, that was corporate and that was a headache, but the mom and pop bars that I used to work, uh, work at the managers were usually pretty cool and 
fact, most of the time, I really didn't have to deal with them because as soon as I walked in, they said, all right, you got this, see ya. And then they'd go home. Yeah, and That's nice. And I mean, I have friends here who, like, I know a guy who owns, he's a Michelin star chef, and he owns a bunch of restaurants here in LA, and they opened, and he kind of became an overnight success, you know? Mm. Um, and now he has five different ones. So they're all very homegrown, mom and pop. And um, my friend works there, and makes bank and everyone supports each other and loves each other. It's like a very different mentality and you don't have to go up to the table and say 20 things that are required from this handbook mm-hmm. and you don't have to wear a frigid button up that costs more than the tips that you make yeah. and keep it white and starched and all this stuff, you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. So I completely believe that story. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it's a better, a better fit, but that's where I could get a job because I didn't have that much serving experience. Right. Um, and most servers, most in between, most servers and bartenders, when they uh, find a nice place, they tend to stay there, just because they have their regular customers and uh, exactly. they're comfortable. So yeah, I have friends who have been working as guest stars on TV, and they still keep that serving job like once a week or something, just to keep them grounded and keep the security of having it, just in case. Like they don't want to lose that spot. Right. I uh, I listened to a I think it. I think it was Conan's podcast recently where John Krasinski was on there and he was talking about that uh, right after his uh, shift waiting tables, he went to go uh, uh, audition for the office. And when they were sitting there, after he found it, he got the part. uh, When they're worried about the show even getting picked up, he's just like, well, I'm just going to go back to waiting tables. Uh, I don't know what you guys are going to do, but lucky for him, uh, he was able to get a great acting career out of that, but it's always good to have a backup plan. I mean, you don't have to put all your, uh, eggs in one basket, but, uh, sometimes when you really believe in yourself, I guess you should do that. But, uh, you know, it's for him. I thought that was just an awesome story. You know, he's, he's just like, well, I got off my waiting shift and then I went, uh, went to apply or went to audition for this show called the office and, yeah, those are those are definitely the dream stories, um, <laughs> and great to hear. But it, it's a reality. People definitely keep their hustles or have two to three side hustles, especially living in a city like this where it's so expensive and so competitive, and you just can't you can't bank on anything, even when you get a series. I remember someone else. If I think it was uh, Patricia Heaton, maybe um, when her sitcom was getting picked up in the late '80s or early '90s. She said she would go shoot her pilot during the day and then go back to her hotel or apartment and do accounting from home at night or mm. something like that, just to like keep it going. Like, gotta be really the older you get, and when you get picked off your parents' health insurance, you gotta get savvy. <laughs> yeah, that uh, and working in the restaurant industry, uh, from all the people that I've talked to, I've talked to musicians, comedians, uh, uh actresses, they all pretty much pretty much uh, agree that working in the restaurant, they're able to be able to go out and do their auditions or do their photo shoots or uh, whatever things like that. Cause their bosses are usually fairly flexible. I'm not sure about on the corporate level. Yeah. I mean, they act like it's flexible, but really it's like find someone to cover your shift. And if you can't and you have to come in, but I, I never had an issue with that. There were always people looking to pick up shifts because the second restaurant I worked at, the Italian restaurant, which will not be named, um, 
we never really made any money there. Even on a good night, you were lucky if you broke a hundred dollars and you had, they start you on day shifts. There were days when I would make $7, $12 for an empty lunch shift. And then I was still required to temp out the bartender a $3 minimum, even if I didn't get anything from him. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to another, uh, another server just recently where, oh, well, she, um, uh, uh, she told told me about that they were required to tip a certain uh, tip a certain amount to the hostess, the bartender, the uh, the cook, and there were days where she would be in the negative, and yeah. just because of the people that don't tip or the uh, low tippers or whatever, uh, and so she'd have to go to an ATM or promise the guy the next uh, that the next day she'll come in with their money, and. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, that is God awful, horrible. How do you- it's horrible. It's a very broken system and it doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't, it's, it's ridiculous. That system was made thinking that it would be an extremely lucrative job every single day. And it's just not. And it turned out, uh, one, uh, another server told me that they were, they, they kept their own tips at first, but then all of a sudden one day they found out that they had to tip out the cooks but then they uh, they lowered the cook's pay pay wages from whatever it was to minimum wage, and then insisted that the servers pay them the rest. Horrible. Yeah, that uh, that stuff like that freaks me out. <laughs> I mean, I did tip out my cooks because, uh, and uh, my servers tipped me out at the end of the night, even though I never really expected it because uh, their shifts were like six hours, and I knew I was going to be there for uh, nine. I'm like, you can keep your money. I don't, uh, I'm going to make enough money for the rest of the night. Cause majority of the time I'd be by myself there from between 11 and two o'clock. So, uh, I really, yeah. I never insisted on it. And if they just gave it to me, I was like, whatever. But since you mentioned that restaurant, Ruby Tuesday is going to be in my head for the rest of the day. Probably <laughs> was that, uh, uh, did they actually name that place after, after the Rolling Stones song? You know, I don't recall, but maybe probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you have to look that one up. But it's been too long. Yeah, trivia gone. <laughs> but uh, your your TikTok videos. Now, I want to get a little bit deeper in some of these things because a lot of I watched a lot of them, and I related to so many of them, and I would just like to go back and forth with you on some of these stories. Yeah, uh, um, hit me with it. Um. Your series on if servers could be honest. Now, uh, I got in trouble with my boss a handful of times uh, because I was overly honest and or just an overall goofball. Like you said something about the uh, the rec- the woman that asked about the receipt. What does this look like? And then I go into the whole dialogue from the movie Airplane. Well, I can turn it into a boat. I can make it into a brooch. I can make it into a pterodactyl. And <laughs> and then they go to my boss a little bit later and complain that I was being a jerk. And yeah, yeah. I was. <laughs> right. God forbid you have a sense of humor or a personality. <laughs> yeah. And and they and these customers actually think they can be a smart ass to me, but uh, they actually think that I can't be a smart ass to them. And right. It's like, it's a server, not servant. I, it's not a domesticated position. <laughs> it, I mean, did, did you ever get in trouble for a wise, wisecrack remark that just kind of just flew out? You, uh, no, I was, you know, I'm raised Southern. So I always was really charming till it 
hurt and even if I didn't want to be. And that's one of my biggest regrets, but I didn't want to lose my job because mm. it was the only job I had, you know, I didn't want to risk it. And I am a big fat smart ass. Mm. I see sarcasm. So it was really difficult for me not to do that. Like one day I had a guy come in in sweatpants and sit with his friend and at corporate restaurants, there's like all this stuff that you have to do for each meal and you're supposed to set things a certain way or you get in trouble and the managers are watching you. And even if it's common sense, like someone says, oh, I don't want that plate. I still need to set them down because if I don't, the manager's going to get on my ass that I didn't do it right. Even if I explain the customer didn't want it, they don't care. Like I, it's just, it, that's, that's the mentality there. It's so micromanaging and just mm. power trippy. So, um, this guy had ordered a cheesecake, for example. So when we bring out a cheesecake, you're supposed to bring two plates and two spoons, dessert spoons, so they can split it, you know, put the cheesecake in the middle of the table, place the plates in front of him. And he goes, oh, you can just set that right here with the cheesecake. But I put it in the middle because it sounded like he was joking. But then also I had the plates and things. And he goes, I said you could just set it right here. Why aren't you listening to me? Are you going to listen to me now? And I was like, oh, sorry, we're just supposed to do it this. But are you going to listen to me from now on? Like I was a fucking dog. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't even treat a dog like that. I like <laughs> dogs. So that, that's a bad example. But like, you know, like I was his servant and I was so mad and I just wanted to be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to listen to you because I'm not your fucking slave. Like, mm. fuck you. Yeah. And I didn't. And I stomped off and I complained to the bartender and I was like, you can have that table. I'm not going to take care of it anymore. I'm not going back in there. He was like, Ugh. and I told the manager and I was like, this guy was so disrespectful to me. Like, and they were like, sorry, take care of your table. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that. And then another time I wasn't even rude and this guy complained. So this goes to my servers could be on a sick video. I had a head cold. And I came in and I just was feeling really shitty. And I asked if I could go home, despite the fact that I'd already lost money driving the 20 minutes to work yeah. in traffic. And they said, no, you have to work. And so I'm working. My head's real foggy. I get this huge table that takes up my whole section. And the guy orders linguine with white sauce. Now, normally probably would have been like, oh, did you mean linguine and clams? But I was sick and I wasn't thinking and I had a big table. So I just put in what he ordered. Comes out, he wanted linguine and clams with white sauce. So he'd ordered several, like four. They'd gotten a family style order. So he got like four for the whole table. So then I had to send it back to the kitchen to fix it. And I, he, you know, he's like, oh, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. That's not what I heard. I didn't say that's not what you said, even though that's not what he said. I said, that's not what I heard. And old middle-aged white man, so fucking offended by the fact that I dare, I don't know, having a like have a comment or commentary that the order was wrong, even though I didn't blame him, mm. had me taken off of my table after I'd already been serving them for three quarters of the way through. Didn't they wouldn't give me any of my tips. They gave all my tips to the guy who took over, even mm. after I asked it. And then they sent me home for having a bad attitude. <laughs> Jeez. You're sick as a dog and you wanted to go home anyway, but they took away your money at the same time. And they took away that was, and that was all the tables I had other than one for Mm. the whole night. I had another, like a booth, but that was my whole section. The way they treat people is just horrible. Right. Um, Closest I can relate to that is I had a couple, uh, a husband and wife, the husband uh, drank Bud Light, the wife drank Coors Light. And one day, uh, 
I got him mixed up, I, I guess. Uh, I, I gave the husband a Coors Light, gave the wife the Bud Light. And uh, they didn't talk to me. They didn't say, oh, you got our order wrong. I would have fixed it right away. They told him the manager that I screwed up the order. And then he comes over to me and he says, yeah, you got their order backwards. And I said, you know, he ordered the Coors Light Bud Light. And he goes, no, it's the other way around. And I looked at him and I said, is there really a difference? And he goes, to them it is, Anthony, just do it. <laughs> and, and, but, uh, yeah. Some, well, at least your manager was nice. But that's so stupid. Like, why not just mention it to the server? Yeah. And then if the server is a dick, that's another thing. But, like, people are stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not like people. Animals over people, man. That's <laughs> my motto. We're going to take a quick break in Hey Bartender Podcast to talk about the new sponsor, Smooth My Balls. Smooth My Bowels is a new body shaver that is out right now. It is waterproof, and it will take care of any grooming that you decide that needs to happen all over your body, whether you're a man or you're a woman, even though it's kind of specifically says smooth your balls. I mean, it's getting hot out there. Some of you people might want to use that to cool down a little bit. uh, Some of you maybe like to keep it nice and trimmed and neat. There are literally dozens of reasons why you would need Smooth My Balls. It is an electric shaver that is waterproof, it is shockproof, and it is USB chargeable. Operates for eight hours at a time. So if you want to go take a look at the product, you want to find out more about it, go to smoothmyballs.com slash heybartenderpodcast. And if you order anything and use the code heybartenderpodcast, you get an automatic 15% off your order. You can get yourself the Turf Chopper 3.0. No need to use our traditional razors anymore because nicking yourself sucks, especially when you're going around the sensitive areas of your body. You hear me? So go to smoothmyballs.com slash Podcast. Remember to use code Podcast at checkout and get 15% off your entire order. Let's get back to the interview with Danielle Motley. <laughs> Now, your subject of server self-care, uh, that video. That's my favorite video. I, I have to say that's my favorite, too, because I watched a whole bunch of your TikToks this morning before uh, contacting you. And the, the whole bit of screaming in the walk-in or uh, crying in the bathroom, uh, actually, it was probably all in the walk-in in the restaurants that I've worked at, except for the smoking. We all went out to the dumpster. But... Uh, uh, how did that all come up? Did you just suggestions from your friends or was that based on experience? No, that one was, well, based on experience, but also that was actually inspired from the comments. Someone had commented on one of the videos and they wrote, and sometimes you just need to go scream in the walk-in. And I was like, oh my God, yes, you do. And then I thought about it and I was like, oh, this will be good. Let me do a TikTok of the things that you do need to do to get through your shift. Um, and, you know, take fake smoke breaks even if you don't smoke. Which And I took up smoking briefly just to go out and smoke with the server to get through the <laughs> shift because that nicotine helped and made it easier. I don't smoke at all. Um, and uh, that that's where that one came about. And they pulled it down for a little while. It oh. went to TikTok jail for two days saying it violated the community terms. And I'm like, no, it didn't. This is my favorite. Put it back up. I think maybe they thought I was promoting smoking weed. Oh, even though it was clearly a cigarette, it was my, my one prop cigarette that I have. Um, but uh, that the, just the whole thing of how during the shift you have to, you know, just burn off that energy somehow. I mean, 
like, uh, well, I reference the movie all the time on my podcast, the movie Waiting, starring Ryan Reynolds. To me, that movie is probably the most accurate depiction of working in a restaurant in any movie. And, but there's that one girl that when she's in the back doing the prep table stuff or talking to the cooks, she's just swearing up a storm, screaming at everybody. But as soon as she hits the floor, uh, she's all smiles and talking to the customers. And it, yeah, we do all do things like to blow off steam. Like I've, I've gone into the walk-in and punched, uh, punched a box of lettuce or something like that, just because <laughs> I was freaking out. And it was the softest thing. Cause I, you know, I didn't want to punch a keg and break my hand or something. <laughs> um, yeah. But, no, I agree. You know, waiting came out my senior year of high school when we were working at Ruby Tuesday. So my friend and I, who both worked there, went to see it. And we lost our minds. It was so accurate. It was just, and we were like, "That's that person at work. That's that person at work." It was so good. And yes, Alana Ubach. She's an amazing actress, and she's so funny. Who plays that surly character? Um, and it, it it's very very accurate. I would also have to go in there to cool off because I get so hot. At the Italian restaurant I worked at, we had to wear, like, really tight, large, heavy button-ups. Mm. And the AC didn't cut it when you're, you know, running around back and forth in the kitchen. <laughs> but, yeah, you go out and out of, uh, out of sight of the uh, customers and you, God fucking damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just sit in the walk-in, take a breather. Ugh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the... Uh, I watched that movie when I was still uh, still a bartender, and I was just like, every I told all my friends every single aspect of that movie I can vouch for, except for the part where the cooks screw with the food. I can't vouch for that because I never saw it. Uh, I don't know if yeah. it happens, at least not with any of the people I worked with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it happen, but I know it does happen because people have talked about it happening. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then they've seen it, so. Ugh. Um, I can't vouch for the whole show your balls part, I guess. No, I none of my restaurants, we never played the game. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of towel whipping. Yes. That happened a lot. Towel snapping hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We never played, uh, played the game in any of the restaurants that I worked at. Well, probably mostly because, uh, I think the employee on the employee ratio, we were, it was like two, maybe three girls to every guy in, in the employees. So, we we were outnumbered, so we were somewhat respectful. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, well, I don't think that would fly nowadays. Although most of the girls were uh, way worse than any of us could have ever been. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So what uh, in just hanging out in the cooler? That was that was your like release. Just take take five minutes or. Uh, what was your preferred method? Yeah, I would usually probably go to the cooler because, again, I would be burning up, so I, I run hot. So I definitely want to go cool off in there and just have some silence and then not want to come back out. <laughs> or if there was no one in the manager's office, just go, you know, sit in there for a minute, try to grab a Hershey kiss or something if there was a piece of candy laying <laughs> on the table. Um yeah, because they weren't super long shifts. They're probably the longest shift I worked was maybe six hours, I'd say. Mm. But um, ugh, yeah. But there was a lot of downtime because it was pretty dead. Mm. Um, um, unless it was a super busy like a Saturday night. Now another customer thing that you brought up in one of your uh, TikToks 
uh, they ask you what's the difference between a 16 ounce and a 20 ounce beer. And uh, I, there was one time where once again, I got in trouble because they thought I was being a smart ass. Somebody asked me what the difference between a 12 ounce and a 16 ounce steak. And I just looked him right in the eye with a dead pan face, just said four ounces. And uh, they didn't like that <laughs> and ended up having to, uh, they called the manager that night saying I was being rude, but they did. They, they ate their whole meal. They tipped me uh, reasonably, but they still felt the need to call the manager in the next morning and say I was being rude. But <laughs> like, what's the real answer there? That is the real answer. There's no other answer. There's nothing. It's bigger. It's smaller. It's math. Like, yeah. So that one was inspired by the comments. A bartender commented or a server and was like, this is the stupidest question I've ever gotten. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I got I started once people started following me and those couple TikToks blew up, I started getting some great stories in the comments. Oh, well, I'm, uh, give us another example. So it, uh, well, you said your favorite one was the shift self care one, but, uh, yeah. do you have another favorite? Um, oh, well, I, actually based on, based on your own experience, actually. Yeah. Let me, let me look at my TikToks. So I can recall, <laughs> recall there have been so many now. Cause I do, I have like two favorites and that would be the first one. And I can't offhand think of what the other one is. Let me see. Oh, the, uh, um, I really like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. The irresponsible parents one. Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> kids running around in restaurants. That used to be a pet peeve of mine. Eating or serving. Just people who just walk in and then act like the servers are their babysitters for an hour. Mm -hmm. And the restaurant is Discovery Zone. Yeah. That's me dating myself. <laughs> um, my uh, go-to place as a child. Uh, and it's just a free-for-all. I, I don't understand how people think that that's okay. It's insane. Yeah, uh, I always had fantasies of, you know, watching these kids run up and down the aisles of the restaurant and just kind of sticking my foot out you know, and go, oh, sorry, uh, didn't see you coming or whatever. Yeah, I, that's what a lot of people commented that they wanted to do or did. <laughs> You've, I, I've never actually seen it done, but I've had the fantasy in my head. I, I thought that that one was going to get a lot of flack, you know, from parents who were so offended by that video. And nobody has commented badly on it. It's all people being like, yeah, you know, this is what I do. Seriously, like, I hate those kids. Like, these parents suck. It's just so funny. Uh, uh, there was one time that, for some reason, this uh, all of a sudden popped into my head. I was watching this parent. Uh, they had a, a probably no, no older than a six-month-old uh, six baby. Uh, they were both, they both ordered their food and they're taking turns walking the baby cause he was really fussy and they were taking turns walking the baby up and down the aisle, you know, okay, I've done it for 10 minutes. You take the baby. I'm going to eat for a little while. Okay. Now it's your turn. I'm going to eat for a little while. Then all of a sudden I got this idea. I got some daiquiri mix and blended it up. Uh, no rum. I just want to preface that right now. <laughs> But a small rocks glass full of daiquiri mix and gave him uh, and walked over to that table, gave him a spoon in that, didn't say a word. And they sat down. The baby was just about to fuss, and then they got the spoon in its mouth, and all of a sudden he's opening his mouth, you know, begging for more. And uh, then all of a sudden the parents could sit down and enjoy their meal while their while their kid is enjoying a little bit of strawberry mix. Now, uh, that was me being I never really said anything to him. I was just like, here you go, and walked away from him, and uh, they seemed incredibly happy about that. 
but you know, it's no fault of their own. The kid was a little bit fussy out in public, probably uh, had something going on that he was uncomfortable with, had to poop or something. I don't know, but the, <laughs> but the, at least the parents were taking care of it instead of just trying to, you know, stick it in the car seat and just try to eat their meal while the kid is just screaming. Yeah, and just ignore the kid screaming and everyone else has to listen to it. Oh. Yeah. But uh, do you have a favorite moment? Uh, a good moment. I'm, you know, look at some, looking for something with positive energy here. <laughs> yes. So when I worked at the Italian restaurant, which will not be named, <laughs> I had a customer who would always come in. It was a little old lady um, or old man, older person. <laughs> I think it was a lady. Um, and, you know, wasn't a big tip or anything. Regular came in a lot, but always would give you a dollar in addition to your tip and would fold it into an origami piece. And I still have one of those somewhere in my house. I don't know where it is. Yeah. Always make a little origami thing out of the dollar. And I thought that was really cute. I don't, uh, yeah, I can't think of any, uh, any times where I've seen anything like that, but, um, being the last one, the one that I have somewhere is folded into a little t-shirt and sometimes I'll need a dollar, like for something, but I don't want to unfold it, so I've just left it. I think it's in my in my office. <laughs> yeah, you want to keep that one. I mean, <laughs> it's so cute. But um, but you did have a run of good customers, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, good customers, handsome customers, uh, funny customers. Um. <laughs> I would always get excited if someone that I really liked, like an obscure actor, because I was always a big fan of pe- actors that people don't know very much or something. So if someone would come in um, when I first moved to L.A. and started working in a restaurant briefly, I uh, would get excited when I saw somebody that I knew. Okay, I have to know um, who. who. Uh... Oh, like Ernie Hudson would come in. He's very oh. quiet. Yeah. Just wants to be, you know, left alone and just, I mean, he's very polite and sweet, but just, you know, he'd come in to eat by himself, have and, a little meal, and he, and he was a regular, he must live in the area. And nobody, uh, he preferred nobody walked up to him and asked, started asking questions about God's Ghostbusters? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't mention anything to him. Um, I would think I was serving him at the time. Um, another girl came up because she had him before and she just chatted it up and mentioned it. She was like the only other actress that worked in the restaurant. Mm. Um, and he was fine with it. Mm. But, uh, you know, just very quiet, docile, kept himself. Yeah. Uh, he always looked like a nice guy. I uh, Since he was had that uh, small role in Ghostbusters, he doesn't come up uh, very much. But he always seems like a really nice guy whenever I've seen him. Yeah, he is. I just rewatched Miss Congeniality the other day, and I forgot he's in that. Oh, like, yeah, he is yeah. in that. <laughs> he did a ton of stuff. ton of stuff. You know, the only other movie that I could think of right away that he was in was Congo, but yeah, I think he's in Predator. Uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, working in L.A., you can, uh, you know, you do you run into or do you see actors when you're uh, working or walking around L.A. like that? Because that's what everybody seems to think. You go to L.A. and you see the stars, pretty much. Yeah, you don't really. I mean. You don't really see the stars. Uh, those, like, you know, walk around and see, like, Brad Pitt or anybody like that. But, I mean, yeah. Like, a lot of people, like, the neighborhood I live in, a lot of 
TV actors or actors who can't afford or don't want to live in Beverly Hills but want a nice area for their kids to grow up or have a nice house. A lot of young people that are in their 20s and 30s live in my neighborhood. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I've been here so long. It's just I know a lot of people or I'm friends with a lot of people because I'm, you know, I've left that industry and I'm more in the entertainment circuit now. So it's not it's more of a thing. But I definitely got starstruck at the beginning when I first moved here. I remember I think we went to Bob's Big Boy when the first month or two that I lived here, which is a little diner in Burbank, famous little diner, mm -hmm. big tourist spot. And David Boreanaz was there eating, and I had a big crush on him. Huge, like, <laughs> Angel himself. <laughs> yes. So I was just, I couldn't concentrate on my meal. <laughs> so I was dying. But, uh, yeah, you get pretty glazed over to that. You don't even notice mm. anymore. It's just, yeah. Um, speaking of people uh, at least wanting to be famous, now you, another TikTok that I decided to write down that I felt like I wanted to talk about was karaoke night. And uh, I worked in a bar. This was back in the early 2000s, pre-American Idol, pre-The uh, pre, uh, Voice, all that stuff, uh, where all of a sudden I uh, get these people. They've never sang before in their lives. They go up and sing karaoke, and all of a sudden they think, oh, my God, this is my calling. I'm supposed to be a singer. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> And I've seen a couple people move to Tennessee because they, you know, all they needed to do is go, uh, uh, go to Nashville, meet up with a record executive, and they were going to be big stars. And I, and every time I was just like, just because you could sing, you shook me all night long by ACDC doesn't mean that you're ready to prepare, <laughs> ready to become a country music star. And That's but. Funny. Uh, but it sounds like that some of your stories uh, in karaoke are pretty much the same. Well, you you did it from the server's point of view that you were sick of hearing people, uh, you know, a group of people trying to sing Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. But uh, did you uh, did the places you work actually have karaoke in there? No, and I actually love karaoke as a customer. It's my go-to thing to do as mm -hmm. uh, for stress release and like just to feel good. I go on. Thursday or Friday nights, like, I just went to karaoke on Friday night at my favorite bar. What's your go-to song? I go to actual karaoke bars. Mm. Um, it depends on the it depends on the crowd, usually. Kind mm. of feel it out. I have a lot of songs. But um, one of my favorites is uh, Melissa Etheridge, I'm the Only One. Do a lot of Pat Benatar. That's an easy, you know, mm. hit me with your best shot. It's an easy one. But, yeah, it just depends. Sometimes if the crowd's feeling a little redneck, I'll do some country. If there's a lot of actors in there. You know, Disney and musical theater, people will get up and we'll start doing those things. It just depends on the vibe of the bar. Um, but I have been to karaoke at Applebee's, so they do have, really have karaoke Thursdays, which is why I did it. And I went on my birthday when I was visiting uh, back home in North Carolina for my birthday because bars there are weird, and you have to have like a have like a membership to get into a bar, and they don't really have any karaoke like bars that actively do karaoke several nights a week, if mm. at all. Uh, but then I found out Applebee's does it on Thursday, and my birthday was on a Thursday. So after we went to dinner, I uh, was able to corral my sister and uh, my friend Mandy into going with me. And we just went and got drunk at the bar, and I sang karaoke. They didn't sing. They just got drunk, and then they would request me to sing songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I imagine I would hate karaoke if I had to work and listen to it every night. Because um, I do get tired of hearing Bohemian Rhapsody. It's not just too fucking long. They need to cut all the musical stuff out, like the you know the music breaks if they're going to do that song. 
Now, um, now at the bar that I worked at that had karaoke, it, that's actually how I got to know my customers, uh, how I became known in the town because I lived a couple towns over. Most of the people that went came into my bar all went to grade school together. And so they, they were still in the same cliques as they were in high school and all that stuff. And I was just some stranger that was serving them drinks. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, one karaoke night, uh, I decided to get up and get up and sing and uh, impress. Uh, it was a Harry Connick Jr. song. I because I was everybody else was doing something, you, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I thought, well, Harry Connick Jr. That's something different. Just just for my own uh, my own thing. And uh, that went over pretty well. Didn't think much of it. But then all of a sudden, one dead night, uh, this right when Santana's song Smooth came out, I went over to the karaoke dj and said you have that song yet and she's like yeah i do but then all of a sudden all the people that are there to do karaoke they were like you have to sing it uh, tonight and i'm like i'm busy behind the bar and no no you have to sing it but uh there were times where i was like uh uh i one song unfortunately it's a good song but unfortunately it is a major bummer song when you listen to it is uh don't take the girl i think tim mcgraw i think oh i love that song but so depressing god that song is depressing that is taking and fishing yeah and uh i'd hear when i hear the first two chords of that song i'm like oh god because it's going to bring the bar down and we're trying to keep the energy up people having fun excited so then sometimes I uh, would think I got to save this and run over and uh, sing something real quick and then bring everybody back. But God, that song can uh, suck the light out of us, uh, out of yeah. everything. <laughs> it's unfortunate when people get up there like, I have plenty of ballads and things I would like to do, but I'm not going to do them at karaoke because it brings the vibe down. Yeah. It's everybody sleep. Like nobody wants to, you got to do upper songs guys. Um, <laughs> uh, but the best part about karaoke is just from, you know, from a, a patron who loves its perspective is seeing the songs that people pick. It just says so much about them. And it's always nice when there's a pleasant surprise. Like on Friday night when we went um, to my favorite place, which is this little dive bar down at Manhattan Beach called Obi's Pub. Um, and it was luau night. So everyone was dressed up with lays and luau clothes. I had on, you know, my coconut boobs and my grass skirt. <laughs> um and uh, this scrawny looking little like 20 year old guy gets up there, tall, scrawny, like super nerdy looking with a little ball cap on, like total Sandlot vibes, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, he gets up and he goes, let me lock the door and turn the locks down low. And it is so deep and so good. And I'll be like, whoa, whoa, those are the best. Oh, yeah. Those are the best surprises. Oh yeah, uh, uh, when you see somebody that uh, is like quiet or you know you don't expect that kind of voice to come out of them, you're just like, oh dear uh, God! Hey Johnny Cash, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was, oh, well, still am. Uh, I was fairly introverted behind the bar, and because, like I said, I didn't know anybody, but everybody there went to school with each other or have known each other for years. And then all of a sudden, I'm jumping up behind the microphone and singing something. And they're like. Oh my God, he can, he actually has a voice, you know, or he does talk. And 
Uh, so that's how, that's what all of a sudden got people to want to get to know me. And uh, that seemed to work because I started getting a lot of regulars pretty much after that. And yeah, I like that. I like when the bartenders or the servers chime in at the bar that I go to, the servers will usually sing one or two songs a night as well. I found out the managers do don't. While they're serving, she'll go like give out beers while she's got the mic in one hand and her tray. <laughs> okay. Now that's cool. You know, uh, get one of those like headset mics and, uh, well, <laughs> Actually, no, that would get really annoying uh, to have to try to sing a song as you're, tr- you know, got your tray up and you're serving tables. No, <laughs> but yeah, once in a while, it'd be kind of fun. But <laughs> once in a while. She only does it like once a night, but it was, it's funny. It's fun to watch her do that and not spill anything. It's very impressive. Yeah, that is very impressive if she doesn't have to spill anything. But anyway, let's talk about what you're doing nowadays. Uh, now, did you... Uh, go from serving tables into what you're doing now, uh, uh, doing comedy, improv, and acting? Or was there uh, something in between? It was always tandem, um, and I've always had, like, side hustles or day jobs. Like, I have a day job I do from home that I don't, you know, really want to talk about. But, um, uh, and it helps supplement the income. But, uh, but it took a while for things to kind of pick up for me and me to get popular. Like, I always... I knew that, you know, I had the talent. It was, it's just hard to get seen. Mm. Um, the pandemic has actually, I've been very popular during the pandemic. I've had a lot of auditions for a lot of television shows. Hard to book, which is really frustrating. But, um, like, I auditioned for three movies last week alone. Wow. Um, and I keep going in for the same shows over and over. I do have an improv team that I used to perform with before the pandemic, but obviously all that got shut down. Um, so no, that was the whole reason I moved here. So everything I did here was in tandem with, and even back in North Carolina, you know, in high school, like my first job wasn't working at Ruby Tuesday. It was technically doing a regional commercial for the North Carolina college foundation. That's the only (laughs) job I could put on my resume when I went to apply. So maybe I was the most interesting candidate (laughs) for all that. Um, and then, yeah, like I had to take off every now and then to go audition in the south for one tree hill because that was the show that was filming oh, wow. in Wilmington time and drive three hours and come back and then I went to college and I didn't I quit my job at that point but uh because I moved away and then I booked that show in the first week of college and then I had to leave for a few days to go film that and come back and it was just yeah well you mentioned a show that, that I actually never watched but at least I know the name of it so that's really cool <laughs> yeah uh, that... yeah that's like yeah, that was a long time ago, but that was my first big, you know, like TV credit. So it was a big deal for me. Nope. I was like, oh my God, everything's coming together. And then it didn't. And it all plateaued. And it's just been a struggle ever since. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, you said that, well, everybody got affected by COVID. Uh, every single job. I mean, the Foo Fighters were just making a, a big deal that I saw this video on YouTube just recently that they were just a couple days ago, they were the first act to play Madison square garden when they reopened and they were like thrilled, you know, we're opening Madison square garden. And, uh, but during ever since March of last year, pretty much everything came to a screeching halt, whether it was making movies, TV shows, uh, concerts, even probably recording albums. Um, how much of that affected you in what you were doing? Um, I mean, the whole industry got shut down, so there were no auditions for, like, three or four months that were trickling in. And then they slowly started back, and 
that I was still hearing none of my friends were getting auditions, and I was getting auditions for random things, but I'm also kind of have a unique look. Um, so it, it, it was, it was strange. And then, um, they finally got things back up and running with COVID protocols, but it took several months to get those in place. Like mm. at least I think it was six and, you know, all the restaurants here shut down and people were out of work. All my friends who worked in restaurants had no job. Um, all the comedy venues shut down for people who relied on that for money. I never relied on that for money. I, uh, we would just do it for fun, our improv shows. But um, but I did, like, I, I would go do improv and teach it to, like, drunk adults at private parties and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, something I kind of fell into and I enjoyed doing. Uh, and that was out. You know, you couldn't go to anyone's house because the rules here were very strict mm-hmm. um, for uh, almost a year. So... Yeah, the whole city just became a ghost town. Yeah, uh, I don't. I never saw any pictures of Los Angeles, but uh, when I saw pictures of Las Vegas when the whole thing started, when the casinos closed, I mean, when you expect to see the Strip to have hundreds of people walking up and down the uh, sidewalks and cars just backed up for miles, and this person takes a picture of the Wynn Casino, and you see one car in front of them. That's it. And I thought, now that is scary. Is to see Las Vegas like that, and I didn't never really considered what the major metropolitan areas like Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York. I ne- I never thought about what they all looked like. Yeah, I think they all looked like that too. It was just very empty, and here it was just it was dead driving. It was so weird. Traffic was great because <laughs> everyone was at home or had moved away because they flipped out and they couldn't pay their rent. You know, so it was just. It was very strange, and it's still, like, opening. It's weird opening back up. Like, when I go, there's a little movie theater I used to walk to from my house that's cheap, older, kind of raggedy, and they haven't reopened it. So I walk down there, and it looks so apocalyptic because it hasn't been touched a year and a half, and it's just, like, still got the movies from March 2020, which was, like, Brahms, The Boy 2, and a bunch of other random things. Uh, And it just feels very Walking Dead. Yeah, I bet. Um, things are opening up slowly, but surely I went like to my first two karaoke nights. I went down to the Sunset Strip. People were out and about um, moving around, so it's strange. I've been to the gym, finally. Mm. So it's getting back. Yeah, I got to work on my COVID weight. So <laughs> <laughs> They just reopened the salad bar at Gelson's, which I appreciated. So I went back. <laughs> That used to be my thing, $2 off Tuesdays at the salad bar. It's worth that. So what's it like doing an audition uh, right now? Or like you said, they were doing auditions uh, within three months after the thing. Did you have they to were, wear a mask? They were all, no, they're all self-tapes, which oh. is great. I actually prefer self-tapes because I can do eight takes in my own house until I like the best one. And I can have a little prop in my hands that maybe you don't see on camera, but it makes me feel more grounded and in the scene. And I was doing really well because I would be getting called back in for multiple shows, multiple auditions for the same shows, different episodes. Like I auditioned for the show 911 eight times last year. Oh, yeah. I, I'm aware of that show. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I audition for a lot of Ryan Murphy stuff, which I appreciate because I love him. So fingers crossed. Yep, of um, course. Good luck with. <laughs> one day he will give me a job, or several. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of things coming in and just. Um, I had my first in-person audition for a commercial, a callback. They did the first auditions, self tape, which was weird. Um, 
it, just the just the asks the thing we still had to do were kind of weird for a commercial because you don't talk to so it's just, it's strange because um, most commercials don't dialogue and uh, then the callbacks were in person that was the first in person audition I've had and that was like maybe two weeks ago mm. um well it's December or Jan December two thousand nineteen or January twenty twenty because again I got a lot of things were already a lot of self tapes. Um, I'd say it was 50-50, and then it became 99 mm. <laughs> or 100%. Now, do you think uh, social media is actually helping people uh, get discovered as uh, actors, actresses, musicians, whatever? Or is yeah, it... And, uh, yeah, like talented people and, and untalented people, unfortunately. I definitely... Uh, um, it's a great creative outlet, though, and it's a way to showcase your own content and your talent without having to wait for other people to open doors for you. And I wish I'd pursued it sooner, you know. Um, but then just with that TikTok, TikTok made it easier because I'm not super skilled in, like, editing and effects and things like that. So mm. the fact that TikTok was the first platform that really allowed you a user-friendly way to edit your video and add a voiceover and add a filter and do all this stuff. It, it was just really nice. Um, and once I, I'm still learning it, I like only know how to do certain things because I don't mess around with it enough. Um, but <laughs> once I realized I could do like a green screen photo behind me, that was a game changer. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I, that was part of the inspiration for the, uh, the background for the TikToks that I do for the servers because I was like, oh, I can change it. If I want to have myself being two people, I can do a booth here and I can do a background in Applebee's here. Um, but yeah, I was, that idea was inspired by a guy who's gotten super viral during the pandemic. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I, his name's Scott Seas or Size S-E-I-S-S, comedian on TikTok. He does this Ikea character. I don't think I know him. Yeah. He's so funny, and he was already a stand-up comedian, but he went viral for his Ikea character where he would just take stupid comments and questions that you hear in retail, which I've worked in retail too, so I related to that, and he responds to them really smarty-assly or snarky, snarkily, and um, it took off. So I saw his, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so real, and it's so easy. Like, he doesn't even have to do anything, really. He just – it's – minimal effort maximum um, gain and so funny and he's just being natural and it's just very real and I was like I could do these from my experience as a server <laughs> and I looked to see if there were any others out there like that um, so I wasn't you know copying anyone even though I wouldn't have been because I haven't seen them mm. um, and I didn't see anything like that and I was like what restaurant could I do if I don't want to do the ones that I've actually worked at um, just to keep it fair. And then I thought about how Applebee's always gets dragged. I remember seeing this meme where it was like chain restaurants have at least, they're terrible, but they all have at least one good signature thing. And it started listing them and it was like Olive Garden breadsticks. And when it got to Applebee's, blanks. <laughs> I lost my mind. And I was like, Applebee's does always get trolled. Let me do Applebee's because mm. that'll be really funny. You know, I always thought uh, in the movie Waiting Shenanigans looked a lot like an Applebee's. It does. <laughs> or, um, it, see, because it reminded me of Ruby Tuesday. Oh, they okay. were similar, too, with all the knickknacks and the 
Tiffany uh, lights and things like that. So it just, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, yeah. So that's, that's kind of how it came to be and it took off. And so I appreciate him for his inspiration. Oh yeah. There's a lot of people that can inspire you on TikTok. I'm in fact, a couple people that I follow, uh, you know, the girl call me Chris. I don't. She she does the with the little hands and uh, little finger hands, and she uh, she's like, "What's it like to uh, does jokes skits about raising a toddler and stuff like that?" Oh, that's funny. No, I don't know her. Well, she's been uh, I, like I said, I've only been paying attention since uh, COVID started because that's when I found TikTok, like everybody else. But she was just talking about that she had a. Um, auditioned for something just recently i was just like she does a lot of funny videos uh i'm really happy that she you know she's getting picked up for something and to see you use uh tiktok as a creative outlet and that that can also be as widely seen as her stuff uh uh, that's really cool that some people are you know that would normally in every everyday life uh would you know just blend into the crowd and now people can actually stand out and that's just really cool. Yeah, it's great. There's some really uh, funny stuff and great talent on there, really creative people. And then there's some terrible stuff. But for the most part, it's really great. And I like watching cute animals and things. There's another girl who I really think she's funny. Um, she got she went viral for – she was a child actor. Um, and but then she went viral on TikTok for uh, putting a wig on her cat. And making her be Samantha from Sex and the City, and she would recreate scenes from Sex and the City because she looks kind of like Carrie, um, uh-huh. real skinny, pretty blonde, and her cat would be Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> and they would lip sync along with it. I mean, and it's just so funny. You should watch her. Her name is um, Alexandra Kyle. No, oh, we're gonna uh, promote a whole bunch of other people's TikToks, <laughs> <laughs> but um, well. We're coming up on the end of the show, and uh, I greatly appreciate you making time for uh, helping me out with my podcast. Uh, right now, everybody's going back to work, and so it's getting a little bit harder for me to uh, get get people on the show. I truthfully uh, really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. No problem. Um, now, please uh, t- uh, tell people where they can uh, where they can find you. Uh, you got anything coming up in the future that you want people to know about? Please, uh, just please let us know. Uh, I don't have anything coming up, um, but I am on TikTok at Cringeworthy Comedy. That is my biggest space. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Still kind of slow. Lots of things in the mix, but nothing set in stone other than my my occasional TikTok when the mood strikes. <laughs> Just got to wait for inspiration to happen and uh, then go for it, right? Yes, indeed. Well, uh, I appreciate all the stories and appreciate you talking about uh, all of this, uh, indulging me with going in a little bit deeper with some of the TikToks that you've uh, put up. And, no problem. Um, and you know, I encourage everybody out there to uh, go check out your stuff because you're—they're uh, really funny. That's what caught my attention. I when I saw this stuff, I was like, I got to get her on the show. She really knows the <laughs> service industry. But yeah, I realize I'm a bitter ex server, so I didn't really give you a lot of happy stuff. Which my TikToks aren't very happy either. I mean, so I don't have the greatest experiences or memories. But I just, you know, the reason I created it, other than to have a 
creative outlet for myself and my improv and to just showcase my own comedy was to pay homage to servers because they really get so much flack. People in the service, hospitality, retail industry. And I just wanted them to be able to identify with it and go, oh my God, that's me. And they do. And it seems to be working. So I really appreciate that. Um, and the kind messages I received. Like I got a message from some guy in Mount Airy who I couldn't even, I remembered his name. Like I know we went to high school together, I guess. It sounded familiar, but I couldn't place him um, in my memory. But he was just like, hey, I just wanted to send you a message and tell you I really appreciate these TikToks you make. They're so funny and so true. And they really just showcase what servers go through and just thank you so much. And it was the sweetest message. And I was like, yep, that's exactly why I did it. So I'm glad that people are responding mostly positively, except for the cheapskates and the trolls. Yeah, there are some people that just decide to uh, just say something bad just to say for the sake of saying something bad. And yeah. He, he, even those TikTok algorithms where all of a sudden people's videos get deleted or for, you know, community guidelines and stuff like that. And some of the videos I've seen there, I'm like, I watched that video. There was nothing wrong with that video. Or am I yeah. just, am I just that deluded in thinking well, there's nothing wrong with that? So what, you know, but you know, we're the, to the point where people can't open packages with a knife and then they cancel it. And yeah, I really thought they would pull down my taser one, but not yet. Oh, well, let's, let's not alert them to it. <laughs> I saw there were other Taser videos on there that were up, and that's why I was like, okay, maybe it's fine. Yeah, that <laughs> that was also another really, really dark thought when I was working both in retail and in restaurant industry. And kids running around uh, with their like chickens with their head cut off and their parents absolutely not caring, and me just having this fantasy of having a Taser in my hand just, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Not that I would ever do that to a kid. I would never do that. (laughs) But in your head, you did. And it's okay. We do lots of things in our head we would never really do. Oh, I will tell you, you asked me my favorite videos, and there was another one I was trying to think of that is actually my second favorite. And I have to say it because I'm proud of it. It's my dick joke. Because I thought of that while I was in the – I had my best thoughts in the shower. And I was like, (laughs) tips and dicks, tips and dicks. How can I make a joke? And I did it. And I was just like, oh, this is great. I was so pleased with myself. Well, uh, I'll have uh, I'll have to look that one up because I don't think I got to that one when I was looking through your oh, TikTok. It's further it's further down towards the beginning. My friend was like, uh, we were talking about it, and he was like, "Why don't you do one where people always say they're going to tip big and they never do?" I was like, "Yes, I do remember that. That happened to me a lot." And I thought about doing that one. I'll do it. I was like, "How can I make that funny? What can I say? What can I say?" I was like, "I got it. I'm going to make a dick joke." Um, <laughs> so that was that was that. Oh. I appreciated it. That all of a sudden uh, made me remember a, uh, a night where there was this guy that notorious for tipping poorly and you know, run up a uh, $40, $50 tab, buying drinks for everybody and give you two bucks for your trouble. And uh, one, t- one night in front of one of my regulars, she was sitting there and I took my eyes rolled and she noticed it when he came in and I, she's like, what's wrong? And I said, that guy's a uh, shitty tipper, but he'll buy you drinks. So if you want a free drink, stay near him. And she, she's like, oh, well, I'll fix that. And she uh, started talking to him. Yes, he started buying her free drinks. But then when he started uh, giving money for the, uh, for the tip, she started going, that's it? And he's like, oh, oh, well, yeah. I started forking out, uh, forking out a couple more dollars. And then when he was uh, out of earshot, she, uh, she turned to me and went, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's a perfect story. Win-win for everybody. I'm oh, yeah. Greener, bigger tip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was pretty pleased with myself over that joke and how quick I thought it. 
Okay. Well, that's it. I'm done. That's all. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to go look for that when we're done here. Yeah, I think it's labeled Big Tit Crackers, so should be able to find it. Okay, cool. <laughs> like I said, uh, thank you so much for being taking the time being on the show. And if you ever want to come back and tell people what you're up to, I, you're more than welcome. All you have to do is contact me. All right, sounds good. I'll let you know if it takes off, and then we'll see. <laughs> All right, perfect. All right, people, you know the deal is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar because I'm not going out there. I don't have any servers working for me tonight. So special thanks to Daniel Motley for being on the show. You were an amazing guest, uh, really funny. And remember to go check out her stuff. Go uh, hunt her down on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, her TikTok account has a ton of uh, really funny videos, very relatable videos that, uh, that make me laugh every time. Remember, you can find her on TikTok at Cringeworthy Comedy. Go check her out right now uh, and listen to all of her server stories because you guys, you, you will be able to relate to some of them. And it is a bunch of stuff that we all wish we could say. So I hope all of you are going to have or did have a great 4th of July. Uh, remember to stay safe. Some of you guys are going through insane heat waves right now. And you don't want to end up setting your state on fire. We had enough of that last year. Let's try Let's try, try to take 2021 off. What do you say? Um, uh, special thanks to Laura Hope and the Arctones. You guys are so awesome for always letting me use your song for a theme song. Uh, check out Hey Bartender Podcast every Wednesday and Tuesday around 7 p.m. I try to post a new episode. Remember to share, like, and subscribe. And don't forget to visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com. There you can listen to new or old episodes, and you can also check out some of the Hey Bartender Podcast swag that I got on sale there. Uh, you know, go in there, buy a t-shirt, support a podcast. That's all I ask. And remember to check out the new sponsor for Hey Bartender Podcast, SmoothMyBalls.com. Remember to go to SmoothMyBalls.com slash Hey Bartender Podcast and use Hey Bartender Podcast at checkout and get 15% off your entire order. Remember, if you want to uh, follow Hey Bartender Podcast, uh, I'm on social media. You can check me out on Facebook at Hey Bartender Podcast, Instagram at Hey Bartender Podcast, TikTok at Hey Bartender Podcast. There you'll be able to see, maybe I'll put a goofy meme up every now and then, but you'll definitely get alerted to when new episodes come out. And if you ever want to be on the show, all you have to do is DM me through any of my social medias or email me direct at uh, my email address, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. If you were or are a server and just want to get some stuff off your chest, email me. If you want to be a part of the show, email me. If you're a musician or a band that wants to get your music heard, I love to do that. So just send me an email, let me know, and I will make it happen for you. But until then, I just want to wish all of you from the bottom of my heart, I wish you all lots of love lots of sex, lots of happiness, and remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here!